unbadding, unbadding, we're unbadding, baby. We're on a journey, baby. We're unbadding, baby. We're unbadding. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Unbadding. I'm Dana Pereira. And I'm Jessica Presley. Jess, so we already told everyone we survived Hurricane Hillary. That we did. So let's start off with a, does Jess know about the hurricane that's about to hit the Florida coast? You know, I think you are 3-0 and right now. <laughs> I am so winning this game. You're definitely winning this game. And no, I did not know. So... Did you know last year there was a hurricane that hit the Florida coast that was a, I want to say it was last year, but my years get all It was last year because um, Robin, our cousin, lives in Orlando, and I remember her being without power for a few days. Okay, so yeah. there is another one that's a coming. When's she going to hit? Um, I, I want to say like tomorrow or the next day. I really don't know. I, I should have been better at this. Does she know? <laughs> well... I hope it's not bad. I hope it's not bad, too, because the last one was pretty devastating. Yeah, but it, it makes bad. me think, like, Mother Nature's on a fucking rampage lately. Well, I mean, do you blame her? No, she's I got reason either. to be pissed. She's pissed, and I understand. I got empathy for Mother Nature. She is trying to get her message out, and, you know... We got to start listening. Well, she's trying to regulate. She's like, guys, I had a whole fucking ecosystem going. Shit was strong. It was going good. It was real good. And um, then the humans went and fucked it up. These damn humans. Uh, and, and I recognize that, you know, there's turnover and there's, you know, things adjust and shift and go as they may. But we're really speeding it along for her. I mean, all I think about is like the dinosaurs. Yeah. And I'm like, are we the next dinosaurs? Well, honestly, <laughs> if a meteor is coming to take us all out, I just hope it hits me first. Yeah, same. I definitely don't want to live like post-apocalyptic bullshit. No, but okay. So another, <laughs> does she know? I don't know. We already know the answer. Have you watched the movie with Leonardo DiCaprio called Don't Look Up? No. Jess. <laughs> nope it's an older movie now and by older i mean it's a couple years old at this point but it was very on par with um uh, almost our uh political environment mm -hmm. where there is a meteor coming towards the earth rapidly mm -hmm. a bunch of people are saying hey bad shit's about to happen and half the people don't believe it. And they're just like, you you guys are crazy. <laughs> and they just like go on living their life. That sounds oddly familiar. Right? <laughs> There's like, the, it's it was very separating in the movie. There was the believers that the meteor right. was coming and the right. world was ending. And then there were the people that were like, you guys are insane. Nothing's happening here. Like, So like, here's the thing, though. If a meteor is coming to take us all out. I might want to be in the camp of disbelief just to enjoy my last few moments here on earth in oblivion. Because if it comes and takes us out, we are all experiencing the same thing, regardless of what we believe ahead of time. So like, why panic ahead of time and freak out? The res end result is the same. I think the point of the movie was because you could do something about it. Uh, well, I didn't take that into yeah. consideration. <laughs> I didn't realize it was stoppable. Um, but it was, it. I mean, spoiler alert, if you are really into four-year-old Netflix movies, <laughs> the meteor hits Earth and just obliviates everybody. So in that case, I still stand by my argument. <laughs> I would rather not know. I would rather be in the camp of disbelief. And in fact, I think that that's a really good um, understanding for everybody as to why I live my life under a rock, because I sometimes choose just not to engage. So, yes, 
understandable, but I know that you're also in the camp for change and let's make things happen and stuff like that. You can't live under a rock. True. You have to be like out there doing stuff. Yeah. You got to be like boots on the ground amongst like the people. Yeah. I mean, as long as they're like my people, I'm with them. I'm like, yes, change. I've found myself saying it is too peopley out there. <laughs> How's the weather? Peopley. Peopley. <laughs> I know Joe like wants to go to these big concerts and he wants to like do all of these things. And I'm like, God, that feels like a lot of people. It does sometimes feel like a lot of people. But when I get trapped in that like too many people things, I realize that I miss out on some fun. And it was very apparent to me when you and I did a little outing last week that like sometimes people are fun. And those people are me. I am so fun. (laughs) You were super fun. You were super fun. I had a great time. I was living my best life. I had a great time. You know what? You declared your 40s the decade of fun. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we go out to dinner last week. And to my surprise. As mine. (laughs) Jess, after dinner is like. Let's go down to the (laughs) Lamplighter, which is a karaoke bar right next to the restaurant that we were at. And I was like, oh, my God, I totally did not Uber here. All right, let's go. (laughs) Well, you know, you were the one that really encouraged spontaneity. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so when I was pulling up to the restaurant and we were sitting there and we were having a chat and it was, you know, it was getting loose. Yeah, I was feeling loosey goosey. I was like. Lamplighter, here we come. It's happening. It's a good thing you had cash. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. Yes. But it was really, really fun. We, like, crashed some girl's birthday party. Definitely. Um, They invited me up to sing and dance with them, which I think they immediately regretted when I started acting the way that I did. (laughs) I think they did. They were like, oh, my gosh, you're so amazing. Then they were like, oh, fuck, why'd she get up here? Get this girl off the stage with us. (laughs) It was so great. I loved every second of it. It was very fun. Um, That would be a prime example of me not pleasing people. They were displeased with me. (laughs) They were displeased with you. But now that begs the question, were you people pleasing me by going to the lamplighter? Did you feel a deep resistance when I was encouraging you to go? No, I didn't feel a deep resistance at all. The only thing that my mind went to was man, I thought that I'd be able to drive today. (laughs) And then I was like, I got to watch myself. Jess is going to be a party animal. I'm going to have to start Ubering. (laughs) I know. That's what you call a role reversal. (laughs) Up next on (laughs) Unbedding. So that brings us into our topic for today. It's all about people pleasing. And for the person that is doing the people pleasing, it can feel... Uh, not so pleasing. Yes, it definitely feels not so pleasing. I feel like I know instantly I've learned how it feels in my body immediately whenever I've crossed my own personal boundary by saying yes to someone else when really inside I'm, I meant no. I'm always wanting to know like, Why do I do certain things? Mm -hmm. And luckily for the world right now, you can just go on to Instagram, put in a hashtag and 17 different therapists and life coaches will tell you that it's probably your childhood trauma. (laughs) It always goes back to childhood. It does. But people pleasing in general really does start from your childhood Mm -hmm. in fact i was i put in the hashtag mel robbins pops Mm. up now i love me some mel robbins me too she's so great she's so good and i the first thing that pops up is this meme that says people pleasers start as parent pleasers Mm -hmm. yeah and that really hit I was like yes I mean even if the parents aren't trying to make their children please them right it's a very um 
like strong animalistic need slash want yeah to please your parents you're like i need you to love me please don't abandon me what can i do right and i think that um you know, it comes from a very natural place of wanting to feel love and acceptance from the people who it matters most. And so that deep desire to please your parents comes from the deep need to feel loved. And it also comes from a need as a child when you are unable to control the environment around you, but you need it to feel safe, to feel good. Um, and so you start to do certain things like, oh, I notice that the adult in my life right now is upset. What can I do to change that mood? How can I turn that around? Right. And as young kids, I feel like, um, you know, I kind of, I put on two different thinking caps whenever we're talking about this. And one of these caps come, comes from like little five-year-old Jess mm -hmm. and the other cap comes from parent Jess with a five-year-old daughter. Yeah. And so much of the time when I think with my parent cap on, I realize that my daughters have no idea what's going on in adult land. Uh, totally. No clue. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't change how they feel. Yes. And so when I think back to five-year-old Jess having no idea what was going on in adult land, I'm sure lots of adulting and serious things Stress. going on in life. Totally. Mm -hmm. Totally. It didn't change the need that I had in those moments. Same as it hasn't changed my daughter's need. Doesn't matter what's going on in my life. Doesn't matter if I'm stressed. Doesn't matter if I'm hormonal. Doesn't matter if my husband and I are fighting. Doesn't matter if, you know, I uh, lost a client. Totally. Like, none of that matters. All they need is that feeling of safety and love and security. Like, I feel secure here. I know I'm safe here. I mean, there is, um, like, for example, I, my son did something the other, not the other day, like a year ago, but I'm bringing it up now because I didn't have a chance to talk about it before. Um, <laughs> where, it, and it, it just showed me that his upbringing and my upbringing were completely different because he was not afraid to upset an adult. Mm, okay. Um, he was taking the SATs mm -hmm. and he got sick like he went into the bathroom and he threw up mm. now this is in the time of covid and everything and so whenever you get sick you are not supposed to be around other people and he walked up to the front and he went i have to go like i just got sick and the adult there was like i can't let you leave and he looked at him and he went i'm leaving i'm sick and he took his stuff and he walked out of the building. And I would have, even as an adult now, I'd have, I would have been like, oh, God, okay, I have to suffer through it. I need to sit down. Mm -hmm. I need to, like, pull my shit together. I would have gotten everybody in that room sick because I would have been too afraid to tell that adult that I was about to leave here mm -hmm. <laughs> because he did not allow it. And But my son didn't. He was like, I'm sick. And that means that I have to go. And I know that you're an adult, but that doesn't mean that you get to tell me how I feel in my body right now. Mm -hmm. And he took off. He didn't take the SATs. Wow. He didn't need to take the SATs because he was going to a community college. But I was like, there were times where he wows me. Yeah, that is a pretty profound story. Um, it actually reminds me of a story that I read in a book by um, Glennon Doyle, and she tells this story about like when she was in a um, like a heated yoga class, mm -hmm. and she's like suffering, and she's dizzy, and she's like ready to pass out, and it's like the door was right there, but she couldn't walk out. Yeah, you know, because she was so paralyzed by this need to please by her need to stick it out instead of sticking up for herself first um she put the needs or the expectation of someone else in front of her own needs and and your son put his needs first i think that that's super commendable for a young young man 
I do too, because it's not something that, I mean, I'm 41 years old. It's, it's something that I still deal with now. And I just heard this term and it makes so much sense now because there are trauma responses. Some of them we're pretty familiar with. I know you told me one that I was not so familiar with, so I'm excited to hear you explain this to everybody. Yes. So the, the trauma response, a lot of us know, I mean, one of the big ones is fight or flight, right? Yeah. I think like fight, fight, flight, freeze, freeze. are the ones I'm most familiar with. And then the last one is fawn. And fawning is people-pleasing, essentially. It right. is seeking safety by merging with other people's needs and wants. And I was like, well, God damn it. Slap my ass and call me Bambi. I am a fawner. Totally, totally. I feel like that, um, like looking back on young adolescent Jess, 100%, I can relate to that. And there are, I mean, there's a hundred different ways that people can people please and fawning is just one of those ways Mm -hmm. um i mean another one is apologizing too much Ooh, i could go on forever about this one i love this one um the over apology is one that is like deeply rooted in my soul Mm -hmm. i was the apologizer of all apologies and i'm so sorry i apologized yeah yeah you're like oh my god you ran over my foot I am so sorry (laughs) I'm so sorry my foot got in your way oh and I'm sorry I'm so sorry oh sorry 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 are you late for work I'm sorry I'm let me you know what let me just drag my foot out from under your tire and you can be on your way I'm so sorry you know what my texting habits are so hilarious because I will write out a whole text and then I will go back review yeah and then I'm like no Oh, so sorry. I haven't gotten back to you sooner. Nope. Burm, 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 burm. And you know what I've replaced that with that is magical? And you can all use this because it is magic. Okay. You don't say, oh, I'm so sorry it took me so long to get back to you. You say, thank you so much for your patience. I've been meaning to get back to you. Okay. Right? So instead of apologizing for something, because you know what apologizing does? Apologizing makes somebody else respond to you and like a, oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. It does this. It puts this person up here and you down here. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't respond in a timeline that might have been acceptable to you because you are so much more above me. And I'm down here. So it puts you in a hierarchy interesting that you say that because my personal feeling towards it is the opposite I feel like instead of like let's say for instance I come to your house and you've done this before Mm -hmm. instead of me saying like oh my gosh I'm so sorry I know I'm such a pain in the ass and everything that you have to do is vegan oh I know I'm such a terrible inconvenience I'm sorry right I I take credit away from you Instead of me saying like, hey, you know what? I really appreciate you taking the extra steps to prepare prepare vegan food for me. That meant a lot. Interesting. Don't you see like the, the paradigm shift there? I, I can see it. I still feel, and I think it's just a perspective thing. Sure. Like I'm so used to putting people above me. I'm always very, very low, a back burner, bottom rack. Like mm-hmm. if I were at a Trader Joe's, I'd be two buck chuck. You know, like. it had a time and a place. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun, but <laughs> it was not quality. Yeah. <laughs> you are quality people. So you need to raise your, uh, your shelf. I do. But yeah, so that was always kind of the way that I looked at things. But I also recognize that not everybody has this low self-esteem that I have, which also is another reason that people, 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 please, people, 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 purple, people, eater, people, please. (laughs) (laughs) I am kind of wearing purple. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't eat me. (laughs) But it's just, you know, a perspective thing, I think. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. But I do feel like for me personally, um, over apologizing um, and making excuses was something that was like really into my 
um, people pleasing habits, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of just saying like, oh, not going to be able to make it have a great time, I would have to over explain and give you an excuse as to why I can't do it and give you like my whole list of things and then feel guilty and bad as to why I can't commit to the thing that you asked me to do. Been there so, so, so many times. Um, can't even explain how many times I've like written out a total fabrication of life mm-hmm. and then I had to delete it and go, just say no. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one for people pleasing is the inability to say no. Mm-hmm. And then coming up with an excuse and sometimes the excuse isn't even honest sometimes it's like a little white lie Uh right like sorry the kids are sick not going to be able to make it I'm like no no you live your life by a higher standard than that you don't make up a lie about something you can just say no and give no excuse or you can be honest those are the two choices yeah well because we're afraid to be honest because at some point that means that Maybe somebody won't like you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but like, I really like it when people like me. And whenever they don't like me, I am like, I am such a piece of trash. I am a villain. I'm awful. They have every reason in the world to not like me. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of just being like, you know what? I'm not everybody's cup of tea. Right. I say dicks a lot. Not everybody likes that word. Not everybody likes the word dick. So I have to just recognize that there are billions of people on this planet and it is impossible to have every single one of them like you. Right. And so that goes into another um, thing for me about like a characteristic of a people pleaser. And that is like kind of being a chameleon and shifting your personality and your preferences and who you really are based on the people that you're around. I have a person in my life that does this and it drives me crazy Mm. because I'm like, oh, well, whenever you're this person, you're making bad like jokes about gay people or whatever. And then whenever you're over here, all of a sudden you like believe the in the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm, that just doesn't vibe for me. Like I, I, especially when it comes to big issues like that, mm-hmm. like I need you to pick a fucking lane. You know, yes, I agree with you. And the compassionate, empathetic part of me sees that this person so desperately needs approval that they physically can't pick a lane, that they have physical feelings of anxiety and fight or flight in their body if they would have to disagree with someone. And then fawning. And then fawning. They have to merge with the person that they are around to make it feel safe to them. Exactly. And then also they're not able to, like say what they mean and mean what they say they have to agree with people even whenever they don't agree and uh that's another one that it so you said it the other day and i have said it also before but we are recovering people pleasers Mm -hmm. so as a recovering people pleaser I recognize that I still do some of the things and I also have awareness about them and I also try not to do like I have taken steps to move in the other direction from people pleasing. Not there yet. Right. Baby steps. Yeah. But it's different being a blind people pleaser because when you're a blind people pleaser, then you're also a victim. But whenever you are an aware people pleaser and you know that you're doing it, it gives you an opportunity to set a boundary and it gives you an opportunity to learn and gives you an opportunity to grow. One of the things for me that um, I have learned as like an automatic body response, whenever I have like just like so much energy behind a feeling Mm -hmm. toward someone in a certain situation, Most of the time, it's because I have not withheld my own personal boundary. 
Totally. And I mean, we all know uh, the yes people, Mm -hmm. right? There are people that say yes to everything, no matter what you ask them. They're they're yes people. Mm -hmm. And being a people pleaser is more than just doing nice things. It's like you physically feel like you have to do something to feel safe. And I feel for yes people Mm -hmm. because you should be able to say no and still feel safe. You should be able to say no and still feel safe. And I respect that it's a process and it's something that you have to practice. So I feel like if you feel this resonating with you, start practicing on some really small things. Very small boundaries. I used to be a yes person. Mm-hmm. My boss would say, can you stay late? Yep. Yes. Yes. And culturally, it's like you were kind of like expected to say yes, expected to pay your dues. Well, so whenever I had left my escrow job, um, I was there was a time where I was a temp and I was coming in at 6 a.m. and leaving at 6 p.m. And I didn't have health insurance because I was a temp. And you had kids at home. And I had kids at home. Mm-hmm. And I would watch my boss walk out the door to go watch her son do whatever it was that he was doing. And I would have two kids that needed to go to baseball practice. Mm-hmm. But somehow I was a piece of shit if I wanted to leave and take my kids to baseball practice or go watch a game. Now, they made it seem like, oh, yeah, it'll be totally fine. And it would be fine. If you come in at six o'clock the next morning and make up the work that you're missing. Right. Right. And whenever I left that job, I made it clear, like, I need to spend more time with my kids. They're only going to be this little for however long. And I got brave. And I went in there and I said, I'm giving you a month's notice. And I trained the new person. I closed everything. I left it on what I thought was the best of terms. Mm -hmm. And whenever I tried to get a job with like an independent notary company that used our escrow company, that boss told that the owner of that company, if you hire her, I'll never use you again. Ooh, burn. Yeah. That's some her issues. Yeah. Oh, totally. But I'm like, man, and it just proves that you can do everything the right way. You can people please your ass off. Yeah, because you didn't owe them that. You didn't need to train the next person. That could have been somebody else's responsibility. I could have given two weeks. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, so many things that I could have done. I could have just been like, I'm done and walked out. Sure. That's why quiet quitting is such a huge thing nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't do that. I quit the quote end quote, the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave extra time. I trained. I did all the right things. And that person still disliked me for not sticking around. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of um, one of the things about um, kicking people pleasing in the ass is that you have to prepare yourself for people not liking you yeah you have to prepare yourself for people disagreeing with you Mm -hmm. you have to prepare yourself for people having unkind things to say about you a hundred percent and like we've gone into some of the things that people pleasers actually do so yeah let's get into some things that make you aware that you're people pleasing and how you can kind of interrupt what people pleasing is. Okay. So, I mean, the, the very first one that we have, and we've already mentioned it, but I think it's worth mentioning again, and it's very simple. Say no. No. Say no. That was a very hard one for me to learn. Very, very hard. I was a yes to everything. In fact, You didn't even have to ask me. I would volunteer. I will offer. I will offer. I will offer. Oh, oh my gosh. You have a busy day and your kid needs to go to the doctor and I can take your kid to the doctor. Do you need me to take your kid to the doctor? Do you need me to drive you to your kid to this, to that? Like I would offer whatever I could do to make your life easier so that I could feel worthy 
Mm-hmm. I could feel your approval. Yes. But say no. It's such an easy two-letter word, and it is so hard for people to do slash say. Yep. Simple word, complex verb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, is all of that right? Because I don't English very well. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it feels right. <laughs> if things like no is something you can do, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, but it, it doesn't, it's really, really hard for some people. It's really, yeah. really hard for me. And I've just recently started to, like, for example, our school does a back to school night for the little kids. Um, but they also tell you, you have to come at five o'clock, go to your kids' different classrooms, and children are not allowed to be there. Yeah, same with ours. And I'm like, but then I'm not coming. I would feel, I used to feel like a piece of shit parent if I didn't go to every back to school thing, mm-hmm. every, like anything and everything. I wanted the teachers to know that I was a loving parent that showed up every single time and I will always be there because I need you to approve of me and know that I'm the best of the best of the best of the best. I'm trying so hard. Look at me. Woo. Yeah. And now I'm like, I can't bring my kids. I'm not coming. Yeah. We had a a meet and greet with the teachers the day before school started. And I was like, this is the last day before school starts. This is their last day of summer break. I'm not coming. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that that's totally fine. And I think that, you know, when you had told me about that, it was like, yeah, like, I feel good about this answer. This aligns with who I am. This aligns with my belief. And so long as it does that... It doesn't matter if anybody else thinks that that's a good idea or a bad idea. If you looked at your own priorities and you decided that this is within my level of priorities, this is what I value, this is what I find important, then it's the right answer. And you can feel it in your bones. Whenever you are unsure about a decision that you're making, you go back and forth. Uh, you're hesitant. Uh, anxiety. Uh, all the things. Mm-hmm. But whenever you make a decision from a place where you are sure and you feel good about it and you're like, this is the right thing for me to do at this moment in time. Yeah. You do it with conviction. Definitely. And you're like, nope. You know what? This doesn't work for me right now. I'm still a good mom. I didn't come to back to school night because I have two kids and they couldn't come with me. So I'll just have to see you at parent-teacher conferences. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And they'll still know who you are. They will. And you know what? I don't think that they care. And I don't think that they think that I'm a bad mom or anything. Um, It's a me thing. It's a getting in my own head thing. My kid's school is amazing and their teachers are like the best people I ever I'm like I just want to be friends with all of them can I just be friends with all do you guys want to have wine do you want to hang out can I do anything for you do you want me to grade your papers I'll do it I'll totally do it (laughs) but I'm in recovery I'm no longer people pleasing I might tell you no after six weeks but the first six weeks I will do anything you ask I'm a for sure thing (laughs) (laughs) especially if I've had a bottle of wine So one of the ways that I have learned to say no is by not feeling the need to respond right away. Take a beat, right? That is good because just like when you're in a fight with somebody and you haven't quite worked it out in your head, you know, a way, a respectful way, let's say, to Mm -hmm. say something, um, If you're reactive, you can be reactive with saying no or with people pleasing too. Yeah. It's a knee jerk thing. Totally. I think culturally the knee jerk thing is usually, yeah, sure. No problem. Right. And so as a recovering uh, people pleaser, I even give people the opportunity because I'm that great. (laughs) Um, I'm like, hey, you know what? When I ask somebody something, so for instance, today, I have something going on with one of my daughters after school tomorrow, and um, I need to take her to an appointment where there's going to be like an hour and a half that's going to lapse. And so I asked one of my other daughter's classmates slash friend like that lives by the school, hey, um, 
if your girls don't have anything after school tomorrow, can my daughter come over for like an hour and a half or so and um, play? And then I'll come pick her up, you know, explained what I was doing. She was like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I was like, no, no, take a minute and think about it. You know, yeah. like go home, talk to your husband, think about it, think about what you have going on tomorrow and then text me and let me know. Yeah. Because I know sometimes that there is a pressure, especially face to face. Ooh, I feel oh. like through text, at least you can like pause, you know, oh, they can't read, read it your face right away. <laughs> right. So when I'm face to face with somebody, I or even on the phone, I'm like, hey, you know what, take a minute to think about it. And like, before you commit, take some time and, and then let me know. Well, see, this is where I get very confusing and complex as a person. I really depends on like what the moon phase is it's if i'm getting my period mm-hmm. did i eat a healthy snack today <laughs> or you know like am i hydrated is my ponytail too tight like yes. there's so many things so many factors mm-hmm. so on one hand if a friend is like hey do you mind helping me out with this I could very easily and genuinely mean it like yeah no problem i got this let me help you out And then on the other hand, I could very genuinely just be brown nosing, people pleasing uh, when in reality, I'm like, I haven't gotten a nap today. I'm not hydrated. I have a fucking headache. I want nothing to do with another person's child right now. Right, right. Or maybe you said yes on a Wednesday for a Thursday and then Thursday comes around and you're like, why did I agree to this? Yes. So, I mean, it it really depends, uh, you know, on what the stars are doing or my hormones are doing. If I my know. husband has pissed me off, if my kids got enough sleep, like there so many factors go into it. So many factors. It's really hard to trust that. Yes, it's <laughs> my 100 personalities mm-hmm. that and you know what? 20 percent of them are going to say yes and mean it. <laughs> 20% of them. That's it? Just 20%? So you're 20% away from full recovery? No. I mean, 20% is going to like 6 or 80% is, wow, way to math, Dana. 80% is going to say yes, but not uh, mean it. Yes. So I'm yes. 80% away from full recovery. Okay. So we're working on it. We're getting there. Yeah. All right. Baby I'm going to be sure to double ask you from now on. And be like, you know, you have an out. Yeah. Well, see, that's the problem with this podcast, too, is because whenever <laughs> you put people, yourself out there, <laughs> I talk about all of this stuff. And then later on, like anybody that knows me that listens is like, um, so I heard your episode. So I'm not going to show up at your house unannounced because I heard you're going to call 911. And I don't <laughs> want that to happen. Yeah. And also, I wanted to know if we could carpool next week. But don't feel pressure to say yes right away. Take a beat. Take a moment. <laughs> take a breath. Here's some water. You should loosen, loosen that your ponytail. ponytail. <laughs> Catch me when my hair is down. All right. <laughs> but the other thing, and we talked a little bit about it, is stop with the excuses. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to carpool with somebody or you don't want to go to that dinner or it, whatever it is, just be like, no, thank you. Right. No, thanks. Cut. The end. The end. Right. You don't and- owe anybody an, a detailed explanation. No, you don't. But there are some ballsy ass people out there and they'll ask why. Why? Oh, yeah. I don't like those people. I know. <laughs> because people pleasers hate confrontation. Ah, the C word. The C word. The other C word. Mm-hmm. Not the one you're thinking of, but the other one. Mm. Confrontation. Yes. Yeah, it's um, it's a tough one, especially whenever you are planning on confronting someone about something. You know it's an issue that needs to be talked about. It's something that has to come up. It's like gives opportunity for all that anxiety to build inside. Wow, thank you for describing my last week. <laughs> Simpatico. Yeah. yeah, it does. And I mean, confrontation for me. I will think about it. And this goes back to the delayed response also. Mm -hmm. Like if you give your time 
to to think about it to word it in such a way that's it goes back to people pleasing again i'm like how can i word this where i can say no but also not hurt your feelings <laughs> and then who can i send it to to get the approval to make sure that it's okay because that like double down on validation like if i send it to you know my cousin and she says it's okay then I, I'm feeling validated. Then I know for sure that I'm I'm in the right. I'm not going to hurt anybody's feelings. I said it in such a way that um, sounds diplomatic mm-hmm. and that they can't get mad at me for. Right. Um, and so this feels safe. This person said it was safe, so I can go ahead and full send now. Full send. But then you full send and panic. Because, yeah. Confrontation. Be- confrontation. And that person's in your corner. Of course, they're going to tell you, yeah, that sounds great. Because they know that you needed to tell this person no. And they want you to stand up for yourself because they love you. So they didn't really give me the right advice. They told me that this was fine, but it wasn't fine. I'm really, really panicking now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, gosh, it's so layered. I, and I have definitely... And will in the future, a hundred percent, be like, call my husband. Can I read you this? Tell me what you think. Yeah. Or like you reread it yourself 4,500 times. And that's just before you send it. After you send it, you right. reread it again. Because it changed after you hit send. <laughs> it must have <laughs> some way, somehow. <laughs> it definitely changed after you hit send. You're like, let me just go back and double check. Yeah, yeah. Because what are you going to do once it's sent? It's sent. Well, I mean, Apple has that cool new feature where you can unsend <laughs> unless they already like don't have read receipts because they're cheeky little bastards like me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I do that also. But I mean, I there are people on Instagram that will send me a message. Oh, and if I'm on Instagram, I will see it come through. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they'll panic. And then it's gone. And unsend the message. Oh, I've definitely had that. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, what, saw it. What's going on here? And then I'm like, okay, but now you make me feel uncomfortable. Because why do you feel like I'm the kind of person that you need to unsend a message for? Girl, you need to jump right out of that head of yours. I can't. Get out of there. Locked in. I cannot escape. I have tried. It's just not happening. I see this. <laughs> if somebody sends me a message and then unsends it, I'm like, you thought I didn't see it, but I did. <laughs> That's my reaction inside. And then I'm like. Let's see what you double down with. Let's see what you follow up with, because I'm curious. And I'm like, oh, my God, they think I'm a terrible person because whatever it was that they sent didn't sound the way that they thought that it should sound because they think I'm going to receive it in a bad way because they think I'm awful. Is that what you think when you send a message? Or do you think, oh, no, maybe I didn't say it clearly or in a way that meant what I wanted to say? Like, it's, it's, people are so self-absorbed. Nobody's thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. Listen, I will send a message and then I will send a follow up message to clarify what I meant in a one sentence of my message. Just to clarify. And then I'll clarify again, especially if they take too long to respond. Ooh, what if the dots come up and then they go away? <gasps> Shot to the heart. I am digging a hole for myself at that point. I am getting ready to like lay in there with my arms crossed across my chest and like tell my husband to just start throwing dirt. You do realize that you are giving any person that has a personal vendetta (laughs) against you all the ammo. (laughs) That says more about them than it does about me. Okay. (laughs) True that. (laughs) But I also do this thing where if I have a conversation with somebody and it's funny because I just did this today. I had a heart to heart with somebody talking to them. We were sharing. Mm. It was great. Mm. And then whenever I got home, I was like, did I overshare? 
Did I step on their toes? Did I share too much because I was trying to relate to them, but all they really wanted to do was talk to me and they wanted me to listen. And then I was trying to relate. So I shared back. And now they think I'm a selfish prick that just interjects her own life all the time into what they're saying. See, I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking overshare from a point of like, did I overshare like I showed too many of my cards? Oh, yeah. No, I definitely did that. (laughs) But that wasn't the worry. That wasn't the The worry. The worry was that you took up too much space, which like, sis, I love you, but there's like a theme here. Yeah. (laughs) And like the theme is that like, you take up some space, girl. Well, I mean, the message that I got back was like, no, I like relating and oversharing. And I was like, okay, good. Okay, good. Whew. Oh, thank God Whew. I can go on with that. I thought I was going to have to move. I thought I was going to have to make my kids change school. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get it. There's definitely like a, a level of panic at times. Well, you have to like talk positive to yourself. It's another way of kind of interrupting this people pleasing. Yes. Is telling yourself that you're allowed to take up space it's like you are deserving of it. Mm-hmm. You are allowed to say no. You're deserving of that. Mm-hmm. You don't need to make excuses. You're deserving of that. Like it's giving yourself permission to um, not people please. Right. And to take time for yourself. Yeah. And understanding that your worth isn't directly tethered to how you accommodate other people. Yeah. I am worthy whether I um, volunteer in the classroom or not. I am worthy. My worth does not change based on how many hours I go into the office. My worth does not change based on how many friends I donate my time to that week Mm -hmm. to help out with something that they're dealing with. My worth is not directly attached to any of those things. I am worthy because I am, because I am here, because I was loved enough to be put on this earth. Yeah. That's why we're here, not to do everything for everyone else. I wonder like how and where this changed. I mean, even going back thousands of years with like kingdoms that had... People just did everything for, like, this family. Power. Power. hmm And now we're at this point where, luckily, I mean, there's not too many kingdoms out there. <laughs> just a <laughs> Um, But we're still at this point where people are finding their worth and doing something for people that don't. I don't want to say all people I'm generalizing here, but like, let's take the Kardashians, for example, Mm -hmm. there will be people that will do anything for them. I will give up my family. I will never see them. I will be at your beck and call. If you have a hangnail, I will be there to bite it off for you. If you so choose. Mm hmm. But why? Like where, what is the worthiness validation exchange there? It's just because you're getting the attention of somebody that you see as higher than you, more powerful than you, more popular than you. Like, I mean, you could see this in high schools with the most popular girl in the quarterback. Yeah, I think it's about... um We had used the phrase earlier, not on the show, but when you and I were talking about like people as herds. Yeah. And I think that that is it's this herding mentality that just requires this deep sense of belonging. And humans desire belonging. Mm -hmm. And if somebody who is perceived to be powerful, that means they're perceived to be valuable. And you want to belong to the valuable thing. Yes. Right? Yeah, still do. And when you're a kid, that the most valuable thing is your parents' love. Mm -hmm. And as you become an adult, I think that you begin to put that value in other places. Some people 
value belonging in friendships. Mm -hmm. Some people value their belonging in their spouse or their romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. Some people value um, belonging in their parent-child relationships. Ooh, I just had a take one for the team thought in my head. Like, think about when we're kids, we're joint a soccer team or whatever and there's that mentality of like sacrifice yourself for the good of everybody else Mm -hmm. and that is essentially people pleasing yeah i'm going to throw everybody else's needs ahead of my own because that is more important than me as an individual yeah you know a lot of times in my family we talk about no one person in this house is more important than the other. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a valuable lesson to teach my kids because it shows them that they are equal to my husband and I. We are not above them. They are not below us. We are all equally important in this family. Our needs are all equally important. Our wants are all equally important. That's why we take turns. That's why you pick movie this night and we pick movie that night. Um, it's not just, we're not going to overvalue one person's needs in front of another. It doesn't matter who's the squeaky wheel or who's complaining the loudest or who wants the most. So let me give you a scenario and tell me what you would do. Okay. I'm ready. So I am going to a cabin. It's not a cabin. It's a lake house. Um, that is definitely not a cabin. I saw pictures. Um, I wanted it to be a cabin, but now my whole family's going. So it's a lake house. Um, and my daughter immediately says, I get to pick the first room. Okay. And I'm like, okay. So in the scenario of everybody's equal, we're not above our children. Mm -hmm. It would be like, a. Okay, and then at the next house, I get to pick. And then at the other, the next one, Jonah gets to pick. And at the next one, Mason gets to pick. Mm. But in this scenario, I'm like, I'm sorry. I did not see you squeezing pennies out of your piggy bank. For- yeah, <laughs> I mean. So I think uh, that I get to choose the room first. Well, it's kind of like, yes, you get to choose the room first. This one's mommy and daddy's and you get to pick yours first. Yeah, no, she's she's like she thinks she's getting like the the like the ensuite bathroom, <laughs> the like she thinks that the she, master suite is hers. Yes, and hers alone. She and I'm like, so it is. It's I don't know. It's such a dynamic to think about whenever you are still trying to make your kids feel like they are an equal, but then also you have all of these scenarios where they're not at the point where they can take care of themselves yet. I mean, I'm still wiping asses and washing hair and, you know, like without me, you don't survive. Right. Which is why you need a good night's rest to keep everybody (laughs) alive and you should have the best room. (laughs) Good night's rest and a loose ponytail. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. But that is an interest. And then as they get older, they get a little bit more responsibility. They get a little bit more of, you know, but they then they also have to take on the responsibility, take out the trash cans, like do like earn your way in the family to make it equal. Because, I mean, let's be real here. I'm doing the brunt of shit. You're doing the brunt of the work. Yes. And I think that, um, you know, boundaries. Wait. <laughs> so bad at your people pleasing your daughter (laughs) yeah i um are you kidding me jonah will look at me with he'll be like can i have a treat and i'm like you barely touched your dinner and he'll go please and i'm like okay yeah sure fine (laughs) just love me give me a hug (laughs) he actually told me the other day mommy if you let me have that corn dog i'll give you four hugs tomorrow (laughs) that's funny mine said mommy if you say yes, I won't be mean to you for the rest of the day. Wow. It's a big paradigm <laughs> shift between our homes, Dane. <laughs> and I had to say to him, like, you know what, bud? I can give you the corn dog. And if you feel like giving me a hug at some point, that's great. And if you don't, that's fine, too. <laughs> you don't that's need so to cute. exchange. 
it's not a transaction. <laughs> it's not a transaction. But you owe me four hugs, you little shit. Yeah, but I am keeping track of it. It's on the board, and we're up to 37 hugs that I haven't received yet. <laughs> I'm going to take them all while you're sleeping. I'm going to take them all in front of your first girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and be like, he's not a mommy's boy. Not at all. Give me a hug, baby. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So I don't know. I'm thinking um, you got me really got me on the the room thing. Mm -hmm. I can't let it go. So I'm going to jump back there real quick. Yeah. And I think that um, two things come to mind. One boundaries, I already said two and like age appropriateness. Mm hmm. And um, and maybe this is like a little bit of my old school vibes coming out here, but like no way in hell would my kids get the master bedroom, but they 100 percent would choose the room that they wanted. And then Dave and I would abandon the master bedroom and he would sleep in one of their rooms and I would sleep in the other. Yeah, I could <laughs> so i like to talk a big game but really i'm totally full of shit yeah um i mean whenever it comes to people pleasing i guess uh i mean boundaries are definitely something that i need to work on um saying no without excuses definitely something that i need to work on considering my priorities is definitely something that I need to work on because I have found at times in my life that I will do something even though it might um like make my kid not feel great or like I'll say yes to something even though I know that it might not be the best decision for everybody in the household so saying that like it might be a little bit of a selfish decision like it's for you or more of a knee jerk. I said yes, even though I didn't want to do it. And I know that they won't like it either, but mm -hmm. I'm still trying to people please this person. So it's almost like um, like secondhand people pleasing. Yes. Yeah. Like they, it's definitely them suffering mm -hmm. for my um, mental illness. For your <laughs> lack of ability to say no without excuses and set a boundary. <laughs> Yes, yes. Um, but a another one that we haven't touched on just yet is taking note of toxic communication. Such a good one. Such a good one. Because, gosh, you just, it's so obvious whenever you take the space and you learn to set boundaries when people are using specific language and mm. tactics to make you feel bad so that you will say yes otherwise known as manipulation man didn't we do an episode on that before? i think we did yeah manipulators love themselves a people pleaser oh yeah that's their bread and butter bread and butter if you are in fact many manipulators have probably raised people pleasers in some ways just gonna stand here like that meme <laughs> with the monkey and the eyes right side eye side eye side eye side eye yes yeah absolutely um and and many manipulators grew up in such a way that they don't even realize that they are doing the manipulation it's just how they get what they want and in turn raise you know people what? pleasers i don't even know if i would say how they get what they want sometimes i feel like when i I am acting as a manipulator within my own family structure. Mm -hmm. It's not even like I want this, so I'm going to do that. It's like a, I'm exhausted. I have a need. I don't know how to get it met. And I'm reacting. And that is a way of manipulation. And sometimes I'll call myself out. I see my daughter behaving in a way that's like, you know, what can I do to make mommy happy? Mommy's in a bad mood or mommy's grumpy. Yeah. And God, that hits home so hard. And I'm like, oh gosh, she's trying to appease me because she's uncomfortable with my mood. Well, so here's the thing. I think there is a level of people pleasing in everybody. Sure. It's like nobody is getting off this earth without doing some level of people pleasing. But... If it's not extreme, if it's not um, like uh, I need to feel safe all the time kind of a thing in my environment, then 
they grow up like Mason. Right. Um, I, you know what? I mean, he hasn't fully grown up yet. I don't want to put myself on a pedestal just yet. But where he's able to say no to certain things. Right. And I think that that's okay. Like, you can have that duality. You can have both of those sides of the coins in your life where you are saying, like, yeah, I do a level of people pleasing to keep the peace. And then I also know that whenever it is a hard boundary for me that I stand up for myself. Yeah, and that's the key word right there. It's like understanding your priority, understanding where your own hard boundary lies, and having some flexibility um, before that line in the sand. But once somebody threatens to cross it, that you know how to stick up for yourself. Yeah. Well, are you guys recovering people pleasers out there like us? I know. I bet there's a lot of people in recovery, a lot of people um, that experience relapse like you and I. (laughs) It's like nonstop. In fact, right now, I feel like people pleasing the people that are listening to us right now. um, I'm not sure how. Maybe just like telling them um, that. If they five star rate and review us, like I'll do whatever you want. I'll do your dishes. Mm-hmm. Definitely. If you need me to. She's really good at dishes. I you you got a deep shit in that toilet you need me to plunge out? She'll send her husband. <laughs> I'll send my husband. <laughs> he is also a people pleaser. And as I'm learning as we get into this topic, a fawner. <laughs> oh yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> So, guys, if something resonated with you today and um, it just really touched your heart or um, really opened your eyes in a way that you feel like um, was a blessing to you, then I just ask that you give a review or you share this episode with somebody that you love. Definitely share it with a fellow people pleaser out there because we need to get the message out. We got to stop this. Don't tell us no. You get out there <laughs> and you Jesus, share this, please. damn it. <laughs> and until next time, we're unbatting, baby. Unbatting, unbatting, we're unbatting, baby. We're on a journey, baby. We're unbatting, baby. We're on batting.